I'm Andy Rosser, Lettings Marketing Manager, and I'm talking to Andrew Colverwell, our Group Lettings Technical Director, in our regular catch-up about the latest hot topics in the lettings industry. As far as legislation goes, there is really one main story in town at the moment, the Renters' Reform Bill, now at the start of its journey through Parliament before it becomes law. Hi Andrew, good afternoon. Uh, picking up on my opening statement, where does the bill currently sit in terms of its progress? Afternoon, Andy. Well, at this stage, with the House of Commons um, in summer recess until September um, and shortly followed by another recess for the conference season, um, the bill's second reading in reality will not really now be until um, the autumn at the earliest. Now, you know, applying the usual timeframes for a bill becoming law, it's unlikely that we'll see any change before spring 2024 and possibly longer in reality. Um, now, like all bills, um, it's subject to debate and change as it progresses through the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Uh, really, I think the only certainty here is that there is still a very long way for the bill to go. Now, it's also also worth noting that there's ample provision for government to introduce some um, additional measures as part of the bill. Now, this can happen at any time before royal assent. Um, concerns have been raised that the way the bill has been drafted um, allows for last minute changes. Um, now, the danger here being that those changes might not necessarily be subject to um, a, you know, proper and desirable levels of scrutiny and, and debate. Now, you, you may recall that government has also signaled that additional housing related legislation might be introduced as part of levelling up. Um, but at this stage, you know, there's no more detail that, that, that we're aware of. OK, and I assume that once the bill, in whatever its final form is, becomes law, there will be a leading time before any changes are actually implemented. Yeah, absolutely right. So government has indicated that a minimum of six months notice for new tenancies will be given and then with um, 12 months for existing tenancies. That's kind of given the breadth of proposed changes, you know, this kind of leading time is essential and, it, and something government, you know, clearly seems to appreciate, which is, you know, is good news and, and reassuring. Great. And uh, this may be a question that you can't easily encapsulate into a short answer, but uh, what is the main change that landlords can actually expect to see? <laughs> We're quite right, and I'll certainly do my best. Um, you know, we've talked previously about how the bill seeks to end um, use of Section 21 notices uh, for possession. Now, these are sometimes, you know, fairly colloquially referred to as no-fault evictions. So, in practice, tenancies would have no fixed term and will only terminate when either the landlord or the tenant legally ends the tenancy. Now, in an effort to counter concerns around the abolition of Section 21, um, new and stronger grounds for possession under Section 8 of the Housing Act are proposed in the bill, which is good news. Um, so this is to make it easier for landlords to gain possession in certain circumstances. Um, now, these you know, include cases of substantial rent arrears and antisocial behaviour. Now, you know, of equal, if not arguably greater interest to landlords um, will be the inclusion of provisions for regaining possession where, for instance, um, a landlord wishes to move into the property, either themselves or a member of their family, um, or indeed to sell it. An interesting point here, um, concerns were raised um, in a recent Commons Committee meeting around how in practice uh, this would be managed to avoid misuse and by misuse basically you know, not being used unscrupulously to, re to regain uh, possession under false pretenses. And now uh, you know, this point is almost certain to be uh, the subject of debate and clarification as the bill progresses. 
Yes, and on that last topic, what would happen if the landlord then, say, changed their mind and didn't sell the property? Could this be a potential loophole? Well, you know, nothing appears in the bill in this regard. Um, however, you know, we understand from the guidance notes um, that landlords will be prevented from re-letting for three months um, after notice for possession expires. Now, again, you know, how this would be policed, you know, is, is, is far from clear. And again, there's a really important point here, Andy, um, for anybody who's reading those guidance notes, um, as those often will be the go-to place for people to, you know, to, to improve their understanding. But an important, important point here is for anyone reading those guidance notes is that they outline a number of provisions which are not actually reflected in the actual bill now you know this should prompt i think healthy debate when the time comes you know as, as if further prompts are required i can read indeed yes uh and now looking at things from the tenant point of view which of course is as important as the landlord point of view when will tenants be able to give notice and leave a rental uh, well, the bill seeks to allow tenants to serve two months' notice uh, to leave at any stage. That's an important point, though, at, at any stage. So as notice to enter tenancy will quite likely need to expire on the last day of a rental period, um, tenants, therefore, could you know, leave after only three months. Now, you know, this, you know, in part at least, is probably aimed at allowing tenants to quickly vacate, you know, where, you know, for example, they're unhappy with the condition of a property. Now, already there are calls um, for this element of the bill to be reconsidered insofar as landlords should be guaranteed a minimum initial period. Now, personally speaking, and, you know, that is all it is, you know, personally speaking, you know, I find it hard to imagine um, any meaningful concession on this point. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll need to wait and see. OK, and turning to a different aspect of the bill, what are the main provisions uh, around rent under the bill? Well, at the outset and throughout the tenancy, um, landlords will be unable to demand or accept more than one month's rent in advance. And that represents quite a change from you know, the, the current practice. So, um, you know, as an example, where a tenant is unable to provide satisfactory references, this will leave you know, provision of a guarantor as their only real option as opposed to paying rent in advance. You know, that's unless, of course, a landlord is willing to accept an increased level of risk, which I think is you know, probably unlikely. Now, the abolition of Section 21, which is frequently used as a faster way of gaining possession when there are arrears, you know, won't help landlord confidence in this regard. And, and you know, arguably, um, you know, this could result in landlords raising the bar when it comes to affordability and risk acceptance when, when considering tenants. And again, unsurprisingly here, there are calls for government to reconsider um, and make it permissible to take um, an increased level of rent especially given, you know, as we've just seen, that there's at least one unintended consequence that, you know, could actually put tenants at a, a, at a disadvantage. Now, you know, in a similar vein, um, and, you know, whilst applicable, I guess, to, you know, a relatively small but important sector of the market, um, it's typical for overseas students uh, to pay rent in advance, um, as establishing their financial covenant can be quite difficult for reasons that, you know, I'm sure, sure you'll understand. Now, you know, might this deter landlords from renting to overseas students? Well, you know, it, 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 it's quite possible. So I guess now, you know, turning um, to, you know, the landlord's ability to increase rent, which will be important to a, a lot of listeners, um, they will be able to serve notice once in every 12 months uh, to increase to um, a market rent. Um, now, they'll do this uh, by issuing a Section 13 notice on their tenant, um, a mechanism within the Housing Act that already um, exists and is used once a tenancy uh, or once a fixed term tenancy you know, has ended. 
Now, you know, as now, if a tenant is unhappy with the proposed rent increase, they will be able to refer the matter to the first tier tribunal for a decision. And landlords, you know, must abide by that decision. Now, I can see you eagerly wanting to ask, unreasonably, you know, what is a market rent? Well, a good question. Um, that, you know, in simple terms, you know, it should be based, you know, on the market rent that similar properties in the area are achieving. So if a tenant disputes an increase, then in reaching their decision, the first tier tribunal will expect to see evidence to reinforce the landlord's claimed increase. Um, and, you know, here, working with an agent to formulate an evidence and annual review, um, you know, rent review will arguably be more important than, 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 it, than it is already. OK, thanks, Andrew. A lot of, uh, lot of ground covered there in your answers so far. But um, turning to other elements of the bill, because obviously there are more aspects here to look at, what about things like pets and other restrictions that landlords can currently exercise? Yeah, good question. So, you know, there's been a lot of coverage in the press on this aspect of the bill, um, you know, which seeks to make it illegal uh, for landlords, you know, to unreasonably withhold consent uh, for their tenant to have a pet. Um, uh, landlords will, however, be able to insist on some form of pet insurance to cover any damage caused. Um, now, you know, in this regard, cover might be purchased by the tenant um, or possibly annexed to the landlord's own policy and then, you know, recharged. Now, at present, you know, we don't believe um, any such products exist, um, something which undoubtedly will change, you know, once insurers are clearer on, you know, what is likely to pass into law. Now, it'll also become illegal when advertising a property for landlords or agents to have a blanket ban on renting to tenants in receipt of benefits, um, you know, all those tenants who, who, who have children. OK, and would there be landlord registration as in uh, Wales and Scotland? Yeah, well, you know, whilst whilst detail is lacking on this requirement, the short answer to that is yes. Um, a landlord database is proposed, um, which apparently could evolve into a private rented property portal at some point. Um, landlords will be required to pay for registration and to display that registration number um, in property advertisements. Now, you know, at this early stage, you know, we've no idea of the likely cost of registration, you know, nor indeed how long would that uh, registration last. Okay. And what will the mandatory requirement for landlords to join a redress scheme mean in practice? Well, it looks likely to largely mirror um, existing statutory requirements on us as agents, uh, being a member of an approved redress scheme, uh, which in you know, our case is the property ombudsman, although other ombudsmen are available. Um, in practice, therefore, you know, redress will be provided um, where a tenant is dissatisfied with their landlord's conduct. Again, landlords will be required to pay a membership fee, but um, at this stage, there is no idea as to the likely cost of that membership. OK, and is there any provision for improving property standards? Yeah, absolutely. So government has signalled that it will seek to introduce the decent home standards. Uh, but, you know, no prizes for spotting a theme again here, Andy, is in that, you know, there's no time frame or mechanism uh, for that being achieved um, within the bill. Um, however, local councils' enforcement powers um, will be strengthened alongside a requirement to report on enforcement activity. So, you know, it's very much, you know, shifting that focus, you know, towards local authorities and making them kind of, you know, more accountable for, for um, you know, upholding those uh, existing standards as they are now. OK, great. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks for that really sort of succinct summary of a very lengthy, complex uh, bill that's uh, in Parliament at the moment, the Renters' Reform Bill. And I hope that's been uh, useful for everybody listening. Um, but uh, just to cast our net a little further now, is there any other, other news that landlords should be aware of? 
Yeah, yes, indeed. So, you know, it's worth remembering that, um, you know, as important as this bill is, and it is very important, um, landlords should also keep a wary eye on other developments. Um, one such development um, being the long-running topic of minimum energy efficiency standards, or MEES, as it's uh, colloquially referred to on many occasions. Um, now, it, it looks likely that government will delay its plans to increase these standards in rented property. Um, interestingly here, um, Housing Secretary Michael Gove commented in an interview with the uh, Sunday Telegraph, I think it was, um, and I quote, um, we're asking too much too quickly of landlords. Now, interesting that. So, you know, if delayed, um, with over half of privately rented homes um, estimated to not yet meet the uh, proposed minimum EPCC rating under MEES, um, this will be welcome news to landlords and it will provide, you know, a more time um, for them to plan those improvements, um, but, you know, also to budget for any necessary upgrades. Um, and Rishi Sunak has also suggested that energy um, performance certification system may also face reform. So finally, Andy, I guess, you know, with, with Michael Gove noting that at least one conservative policy is asking too much of landlords too soon. Now, you know, is this finally the green shoots of an acknowledgement uh, that a healthy rental market needs to balance the needs of both landlords and tenants? Or is it simply kind of pre-election rhetoric? Um, one thing's for certain, we're unlikely to have to wait too long to find out, you know, as the passage of the Renters' Reform Bill will provide a very useful barometer in that regard. Well, thank you, Andrew. That was a really helpful summary of the key elements of both the Renters' Reform Bill and also great that you also touched on the minimum energy efficiency standards. Uh, we'll continue to monitor developments with you and add news and insight to our website blog section. So uh, everybody listening, do keep an eye open on our, on our new articles and blogs that we add to the section on the website. Thanks to everyone out there for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Lettings. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for future episodes through your usual podcast service. And remember to share on social media so this information can reach others. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.